0: Welcome to the Night Flight Slumber Party. Uh, this is the show where we invite friends over to our bedrooms to talk about movies and music and maybe even play a little Truth or Dare. My name is Nick from the Found Footage Festival and with me as always is KJ from Night Flight. KJ, what are your slumber party memories?
1: My slumber party memories are uh, basically very deviant and uh, bratty. <laughs> they always consisted of being uh, up to no good, whether this was stealing liquor from the liquor cabinet when everyone was asleep, or freezing each other's panties or threatening to, cutting each other's hair, um, or summoning Satan on a Ouija board. If even of one
0: of those things happens tonight, I think this will be an excellent episode. So let's dive in. There's just something about
2: them that's different after school? that's exciting How's it going? That's making everyone Sit. want to know them. I can't stop thinking about you, and there's a real good reason why you're a witch. <laughs> the crowd Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, Mr. R at Theaters Friday.
0: We are here uh <laughs> with actress, author. Rachel True, the star of The Craft, Nowhere Half-Baked, and the author of uh, True Heart, Intuitive Tarot. Welcome to the Night Flight Slumber Party, Rachel.
3: Y'all, thank you so much for having me. I'm such a huge fan of uh, your Instagram feed. You know that I'm always spitzing all over it. Yeah, and we're we're having a slumber
0: party. Did you, as a Gen Xer, did you have slumber parties growing up? What were those like?
3: Not a ton, but I would have like a friend over, and I remember we... Uh, I remember we raided my dad's liquor cabinet and he had what? decent stuff. And I took the birch beer schnapps. That's what oh. I chose to take. So uh, I, to this day, I'm not a drinker. I'm, I don't like liquor. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't like it. You know, I don't like the way it makes me feel. So I think that's probably from those birch beer schnapps mixed with um, soda. You know, it's awful. On
0: the plus side, your dad probably never noticed it was missing because that was probably the in the way back at the liquor
3: cabinet. <laughs> no, it, right. That probably been there since <laughs> they probably came with the house. I distinctly remember dancing around to the Go-Go's and pretending to be drunk on birch beer schnapps. Not really drunk, just pretending. <laughs> that's great yeah
1: it, because pretending to be drunk is is something that you do when you're younger it, you know? it
3: is actually as well as here i'm gonna out this is do you guys remember in the back of magazines there'd be like here send away for this or that one of my friends sent away for the speed remember <laughs> you can buy speed and they have these, these names for the pills it's like it was legal not legal i don't really know is this bad you'll just cut it if it's bad but i remember taking like four or five of these and uh, four or five. Right. And then having my one and only migraine I've ever had, I felt my heart beating <laughs> in my toes. Oh God. The speed. Like literally I was like, I'm going to die. And uh, that was, those are my teenage experiences with liquor and drugs. That's like almost the totality of my high school experiences. I waited until college like you're supposed to.
0: Not only are we not going to cut that part out, I might call this episode mail order speed. I mean, that's...
3: I, I'm not proud of that, but I'm saying like I can't be there's one thing I learned from writing my book was like there's so many things I'm not proud of, but I cannot be the only human who's effed up. Or done stupid things in my life, and uh, I don't. Some of them I don't mind sharing because I'm like, maybe it'll. If there's a 15 year old listening to this podcast, don't take the mail order speed. It's, it's
0: it's hard to believe that this is the 25th anniversary of the craft. Incredible. I mean, like that, that it doesn't seem like it was 25 <laughs> years ago to me.
3: Oh my god, when P. First of all, how old are you, Eye Patch? <laughs> I'm not going to say. Because- <laughs> But your question was about the craft, and it's weird that it's that old. That's the truth. I sent Faruza Balk a text on the day, and I wrote, Happy Schmaft Day, and, um, you know, 25th anniversary, and she wrote back, wasn't that last year? That was the (laughs) extent of our, like... (laughs) Other people think about that movie a lot more than I... We do, although I'm super stoked that it... Ended up in the zeitgeist a little bit, you know, um, and stuck around uh, because we didn't know. You're just making a silly teen witch movie for Isabel. and I were the two uh, who were interested, really interested in the subject matter, you know, and had a little more stake in it, uh, I'd say, as far as like, you know, what are we portraying for the audience? But I kind of love that it's still stuck around. It's neat, you know, and well, what you put out comes back times three kind of universal, kind of true.
0: It's interesting, though, because I, I think about like the the boy slumber parties I grew up with Were you know, it was, it was more about horror movies and humiliation. But when I hear stories of the girl slumber parties, a lot of it had to do with witchcraft and trying to summon things. <laughs> and, you know,
3: boys didn't try to summon spirits. No, uh,
0: not at the ones I went to. I, I wish I would have been at those.
3: Like when I was slumber party age, satanic panic was actually Ah. racking America everywhere. You know what I mean? We were all reading books and and uh, and, and like on the fluffier side would be Stephen King, not fluffier, but Stephen King would be the um, pop you know, version of that. But the real version of that was anyone who didn't fit the norm was a saint worshiper back then. <laughs> Here's the thing, in the craft we chose, they chose, not me at all, but Peter Filardi, the writer, I think chose Munnell. Oh. I like to say Manon, like the French movie Manon of the spring. Um, (laughs) But uh, Manon, Manon, whatever it is, that's not a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think they did that on purpose, just like like they're agnostic, probably, like I am religiously. I'm like, I'm going to hedge my bets. Uh, just in case uh, it's real, I'm not going to call him Baphomet right now. But like when I was doing slumber parties as a kid, which like I said, we didn't do, t- I didn't have slumber parties like that. I would have a friend over. One- uh, we um, we did light as a feather, stiff as a board. But more or less, my fantasies were about leave. like my fantasies were about what I'm going to be when I'm a grown up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's so <laughs> sad. But you know, some people love their childhood was everything. They still go, oh my God, my best days were my child. I was that kid who was like smoking a pretend cigarette, going when when is this shit over so I can get on with what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to be in Hollywood. I'm supposed to be doing things. That's I, I'm, not, I'm not. I didn't know that at the time, but I'm not happy with that when I think about it. I could have been enjoying my childhood a little more than I was. That's what right. I think.
1: Instead of reading racing form and chain smoking cigars. <laughs>
3: I didn't smoke at all at high school, but I'm saying <laughs> I just picture myself as an impatient two-year-old, like holding a cigarette going, get this show on the road,
0: people. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> did the did light as a feather, stiff as a board work? Like, did it? the people, the idea was that you do this and they would actually feel lighter as you lifted them?
3: Sure. Wink. No, it didn't. <laughs> but also, let's like use the analogy of with the craft, the witchcraft, when you think about it, is an analogy for burgeoning female sexuality. That's the truth and the power that we start to feel at that age when we realize we got a little something more going on and we don't quite understand it at all yet. And how can we work with it? And then it's bigger than us and clobbers us. But how can we get back? So also, like if you <laughs> in the craft, our skirts get shorter as our powers get stronger. Did you notice that? Like
1: Now that you bring it up, that is so true.
3: Yeah, it, like, I had that dumpiest skirt in the beginning, and I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I was like a miniskirt by the end, and I was like, yeah, now now, now we're talking.
1: With your suspenders. <laughs> that look was, like, it burned into my brain. Like, I still use suspenders in my outfits. How how did they do the scene with light as a feather, stiff as a board with you? And, and did you ever dabble in any occult games when you were younger as well or play bloody mary
3: i didn't actually play as many of those games as you would think when i went live with my uh dad and his new wife she taught us to read so i was four and i could read and the two a, a little bit right but the two books i pulled down were um nietzsche's beyond uh good and evil and um carl <laughs> young's man and his symbols So I'm not saying I was reading those per se, right, other than the few words I could, but those are the things I was drawn to and the concepts I was drawn to. And then when someone showed me a tarot deck a few years later, I was like, oh my God, it's just like Carl Jung's book, Man and His Symbols. And Beyond Good and Evil, right, which I was taking the topic literally, which is not necessarily what the book is about, but I just was always sure that there was some other energies out there I did not want to mess with, so... So I just kind of thought, well, i want to keep my energy real clean. Now, I was using a Ouija board and doing silly stuff like that all the time. I did live in a place in uh, Brooklyn for a while where we had a Norwegian vampire named Sven living in our kitchen, according to the Ouija board.
2: Ouija, it's just a game, isn't it? What? Isn't it? <laughs> well, isn't it? Parker Brothers kind of fun
3: was shot in location except for I think the last three weeks we were in a soundstage on Sony and they built a house and that a two-story house inside the soundstage and so there was a hydraulic press on the first floor of the sounds of the house and we were in the second floor of the house and so the hydraulic platform is lifting me up and uh from below and then they had this plate around me the hydraulic plate was so much wider than my hips like and my my um my overalls my '90s overalls had to go around the plate, right? I'd take the overalls oh. up. So what I'm saying is, the little actress me was just like, oh, and then they were sure shoot- I remember saying to the director because the shot was like this, and I was like, are you sure you want to shoot up my nose and like my you know like. As an actor, you think about these things because it lasts forever. But then I've realized now when I watch that clip of me and Feruza walking, like this is yeah. actually a true story. First of all, I get it. You put me in the front because I have tits. That's the <laughs> only reason this black girl who is never in the front of a shot in the craft movie, I am not, but in that one, I was placed in front and I was like, I don't know why, but okay, <laughs> tits like nipples showing it must have been cold that morning that is 99% of the only reason I'm in the front of that shot and then I said to my friend this is only a realization I had this year I go because she knew me way back then she actually told Jordan led told me about the script and I was like Jordan I think I was kind of the sex appeal and she was like oh duh and I was like but no (laughs) but I (laughs) <laughs> i'm saying like, in that movie not not in general in life but i had no i didn't know at all because i was like oh, i'm a goofy girl so i in fact i regret not leading more with my tits <laughs> in my <laughs> career i do a little bit because i see how if i had dot 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 it would have opened up a few more things uh like when i did gregoraki's movie nowhere very weird movie
2: LA is like nowhere Everybody who lives here is lost.
3: And Greg had asked me to be naked in this one shot from above, where Jimmy Duvall is, his hands covering my boobs, and is, it's a, it's a callback to um. Yoko Ono and John Lennon shot from above and everything would have been and my manager was, the one day my manager was on set that day and she was like, no, don't. I wish I had. It would have been beautiful. Mm -hmm. Also, shoot them while they're up, like Jamie Lee Curtis said (laughs) said way back in the day. Like, it just would have been, there's something like firm flesh on camera. It's very pretty. So, you know. So it's grown up flesh for the goddamn record, by the way.
0: (laughs) It's it's the nude scene that got away.
3: It's like a really good Sweaty game of racquetball. Only you get to come at the end. (laughs) The dialogue seems so tricky to read. It's so, like you said, the patois of what he writes is so specific um, that it was verbatim. Everything was as Greg wrote it because he had that teenage dialogue in his head. But also, what I love is he created his own language instead of something that's so dated and clearly 1995 or six or seven or whenever that was, because that movie was set 20 years in the future, by the way, I don't know if you caught that. No. I wouldn't have caught it unless the director explained it to me and I was in it.
1: <laughs> okay. I didn't realize that. First of all, second of all, I love it even more now. It's so weird. And I, I love it's how the so dialogue Like it was written by a space alien who the only human life that he knew of was from watching like you know caboodles ads and gay porn
3: oh maybe i'll go with i just got my period i'm in full tilt pig out mode oh and make sure you edit my boobs out i do not want to be Wally on campus ogling my chimichangas playing around with that kind of character where it didn't matter you know like even in the craft like i'm the black one i don't my you don't meet my parents my issue is I'm black. <laughs> I'm not knocking it, but I'm saying, like, everyone else had a real fucking problem. My problem was that other people had a problem with me. I didn't have a problem, right? Other people had a problem with my skin color. But in no way, and I'm not knocking that, whatever, it's great I was in there, especially because they, they weren't planning on having a black girl, and there it was four white girls. But- when it came to nowhere, I just love that Greg had such a diverse cast and such weird people like Charlotte Ray from Facts yes! of Life is in it's there. My cameo I was just yes.
1: talking about. <laughs> she's eating the chicken leg and says, death.
3: Yeah, yeah. no, she, She's nice. an amazing cameo, but also um, J- Peter and Jan Brady yes. are in there. Lauren <laughs> Tweese from The Love Boat. Yes. John Ritter is in yes. there that- <laughs> Is in nowhere. I cannot hear you, brothers and sisters. It's like I got cotton balls stuck in my ears. Beverly D'Angelo opens the. It's all so these creepy. crazy yeah. people, exactly. Chipmunk,
4: my little ray of sunshine.
3: Open up
4: this mother hub and door! No! Oh!
0: Exactly. Was there a rap party? Because I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that one.
3: There was a rap party. I think we had more fun at Sundance. Um, there's oh, a rap yeah. party, which was fun, but then it premiered at Sundance. And, um, you know, I don't know. There's nothing like it's again, picture it's the 90s. You're young, you're hot, and everyone's being really nice to you at Sundance. It's <laughs> <Right>. a <laughs> good time. By the way, does everyone do a little bit of mushrooms at Sundance or is it just every time I go someone shoves a stem in my mouth and I'm like, what's (laughs) happening every time I'm at Sundance? I'm going to go
1: uh be your plus one I think and and investigate this.
3: Before I leave, I just want to um direct people like uh True Heart Intuitive Tarot. That's my book that I worked real hard on that you can get everywhere. You know, people keep hitting me up like where do you get it? And I'm like where books are sold. <laughs> like right. I sold my cock. Oh, yeah, boy. like it's not self-published. I have a major publisher <laughs> so it's where books are sold. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done anything
0: no what's that like
3: (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's just i thought i thought i thought i was gonna write this in six months it it took a year and a half you know so that's life isn't it
0: but it's not just talking about the tarot it's talking there's there's personal anecdotes in there and and yeah we want it i
3: want I wanted to have a tarot book. It's and more psychology based because it, there's not much witchy stuff in here. Because listen, baby, witchlings, you got to learn to walk before you can fly your broomstick. That's my truth on that. You know, so part of it is just about using this to self-soothe and comfort yourself instead of calling your friends that going ah la, 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 with all your stuff, which uh, you know, expecting someone to live in the minutiae of your brain, forgetting that they have their own brain and their own problems. Not to say you can't rely on your friends, of course you can, but you know what I'm saying? It's really like (laughs) a nice feeling when you're like, wait, I calm myself down enough, so now I can talk to my friends in a way where I'm not just running in circles, but I wanted the memoir essays in there. There's 22 of them to go along with the major arcana cards I was talking about. And I am from New York when I'm tired. Um, But I, I really um, enjoyed doing that. I didn't enjoy filleting myself, but since it was the tarot book, but I I also think people learn from that better than going, I, and then I went to a vanity fair uh, Oscar party and danced all night. So, they're in there to say, listen, I've had some tremendous ups and some really weird lows. So um share them with you. Like even the story I told in the devil car. <laughs> I won't tell you which famous superhero actor that's about.
0: What's, but can I've, you give given,
3: a, what's, I've given you enough. I just gave you a hint. He's okay. A superhero.
0: <laughs> but what's the <laughs> story? What is the story? Because I haven't read the book.
3: Okay. The story is so mortifying. I'm not gonna tell the whole thing. Go read the book. Yeah, just, but just short it's one. so embarrassing because um, I had a I had a relationship. The kind of relationship that young people today would say, oh my God, it's your twin flame. Uh, I have so many essays about that bullshit. Uh, it's not your goddamn twin flame. It's not one soulmate. Every, even your worst enemy is a soulmate, frankly. That karma you have with them, right? That's a soulmate. So Um, I was with someone that I thought was my soulmate, the one and only. And then when we broke up, it was, you know, pretty horrible. I was uh, not handling the breakup well. Ran into him, he was being kind of a dick and uh he was just being a, he just really I was burning and he just oh, and I punched him in the stomach. Oh my god, I love
2: you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I socked him. You are the No, main. I don't love It's listen, I put it in. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. I don't like uh, I I would never stay with someone who hit me, right? I've never hit someone else. It was awful. I just lost my shit. Is the deal? I lost my goddamn shit, and that was uh, a watershed moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it Christopher because... Reeve? Was that who it was? Christopher Reeve.
3: <laughs> I'm not that old, actually, <laughs> but thanks.
0: Well, are you up for playing a game of truth or dare? That's like kind oh, of a shit. slumber party uh, staple. What do you think?
3: Party okay oh shit what are the all right yeah 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 yeah. f it i'm game
0: this is a this is a text dare Uh do you have any um (laughs) famous contacts in your phone i mean you said you texted feruza on the 25th anniversary
3: (laughs) i i i might i might might. why
0: okay we want you to text somebody who's who's famous in your phone
1: (laughs) you have to do feruza
3: all right what's the dare though? okay what do you so want me you to text? you
0: have to just text um, uh you have to just text these five words live laugh love so true <laughs> oh,
3: no no <laughs>
0: and then just wait
3: can I add a gif of a kitten hanging sure of- that's, all right that's, that's in what the what rules I'm- fine then that's what I'm doing because the only way I can sell this is I go for the whole 80s this like because <laughs> every girl at NYU every white girl had a picture of a kitten hanging off a branch going, hang in there. Yes. Hang in there, guys. <laughs> like, Shut up, kitten. That's how I felt back then. I was already cynical. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right, all right. She... They're going to think I'm serious. All right, well, then, then later you that's can fess up. But I want to like, see. That's this the is... point. All right, I want to yeah. hold on. I'm looking
1: for my kids. Held a gun to my head and made me do this. I'm so Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, I can't put that in the original text, no. but I can put it in the next text. Sure, okay. Hold you on, I have I'm to let to... See
1: what feruza says after you. Took okay, me. all right.
3: I'm, I'm really gonna do it to Farouza. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna hex me. <laughs> no, she's not. She's actually one of the kindest, loveliest, sweetest. I didn't know this when we worked together, and this true story. My agent said, um, "Don't don't stay away from her." <laughs> really? She, that was her rep. Stay away- Noppy wasn't her rep a little bit. <laughs> it was. A, it was probably a hair of her rep, but it was more. My agent said, Don't, especially her, but air all of them, because you can't do the same things these white girls will do, you will get fired. Oh, oh God. This is in the 90s. So that's what the whole 90s dealing with people who told me racism was dead. Every white person was like, What do you mean racism's dead? And I was like, Is it though? Because my agent just said, All right, live, love. Oh, my God. Li- live, live, laugh, love. love.
0: Dash, oh, it's so true. <laughs> You're agreeing with the platitude. I know. <laughs>
3: she's good. She's a nice person, so she's gonna write something nice back. That's the worst part. She's not even an asshole. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> That's. That's what I would want from my friends. Like, that. you know what? I would want my friends to be like, you've been kidnapped. All right, I'm going to hit send. So true. She's literally, I think she's right now going, what's wrong with her? Should she get <laughs> right. her COVID shot? Is does she have a fever? She clearly is having negative reactions. That's. Right. I know all the thoughts in her brain right now. <laughs>
1: Are you going to text her back and tell her what happened and that we threatened you? And well, um...
3: I was going to do it right away. I was actually going to be an asshole and include it right in like, I'm on a podcast and they're making me. <laughs> (laughs) this but i was like no no thank you you're welcome but it's been like a few minutes and she hasn't answered (laughs) (laughs) so now i might (laughs) all right (laughs) well can we get real quick the shot of her
1: rolling her eyes like in the back of her head from the craft to insert any
3: wait she answered Uh, (laughs) worse you could say oh my god we're so old (laughs) that's the truth she didn't even um she didn't acknowledge it she just said she just checked this out it's the most insane dancing i've ever seen and sent me a meme oh so it was a (laughs) misdirection yeah Yeah, she's just like i don't even care (laughs) i don't even care here look at this meme because we're at that age where we send each other memes (laughs) anyway moving on from the (laughs) fruza oh my god portion of the thing, and I argue all the time about. It. I say, I think everyone's, um, everyone is magical and everyone is intuitive. And she's like, not everyone. And I'm <laughs> like, no, but I think they are.
0: <laughs> so, you've got your book, True Heart Intuitive Tarot, and uh, what else is going on?
3: I'm also hosting a a podcast that you can listen to on Spotify and Apple called Quoting Gene Roddenberry. It is really interesting to me. We're taking these quotes. By the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry They're almost like aphorisms in a sense Things he thought 50, 60 years ago And exploring them through today's lens And um, it's it's really amazing how succinct and relevant they are Because diversity and inclusion and all these things were super important to him So I'm I'm having a lot of fun doing that Was it
0: Gene Roddenberry who said live, laugh, love? Was that one of his uh, aphorisms or was that <laughs> No, Oh, okay. was live
3: long and prosper Oh,
0: that's right <laughs> (laughs) Rachel True, thanks for coming on the Night Flight Slumber Party.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Now we're going to be talking to Darren Beck, who is a musician who made a little bit of fame for himself in the goth world when he was rejected on American Idol by Gene Simmons and the like. Darren, thank you so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, yeah, glad to be here. I love Night Flights.
1: Well, we're big fans of yours. And also we love the fact that you brought a little bit of goth culture to the mainstream with this. (laughs) A
4: a little, just a little. (laughs)
1: something uh into the mainstream with your american idol audition that was amazing and it's probably one of the most popular uh infamous auditions that american idol ever had i think everyone is familiar with this even if you're not a fan of american idol which who is i mean (laughs) this is something (laughs) everybody saw
0: yeah i was i was a fan but not for probably the reasons that most of america was so well, let's just watch some of this. Maybe you could take us through, and then we want to dig, <laughs> dig into your non American Idol uh, career. But here's a little bit of uh, what year was this, by the way? 2004, I think. Okay, the Wayback Machine to 2004. Here we go. Welcome back to New Orleans. This show is all about finding the truly unique. And there is a lot of weird stuff here in New Orleans, like the conjoined duck, then there's the flying squirrel, and of course, the shrunken head. But when you find something that's different, what exactly do you do with it? Meet Darren Beck from Denton, Texas. Now, just by looking at him, we knew he was not your normal contestant. You are so weird, Darren. What is going you? on? You're a freak uh, of nature. Yeah, right.
4: Now, uh, nice, nice pocket square.
0: Um, yeah,
4: no, I, uh, I was sporting the John Waters mustache and, uh, detoxing off of something or right there I won't say what but yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I guess the point Ryan Seacrest was trying to make is that hey New Orleans is full of weird stuff and you're one of those weird things, right?
4: Yeah, apparently so. But uh <laughs> yeah, no that was a, that was just a trip. It was me surrounded by a bunch of kids that were freaking out and crying and praying and all their families were there and I was there by myself and yeah it was a it was a quite an experience. You weren't doing guess, any
0: praying or no,
4: no, no. Not the God. To
1: Cthulhu, right?
4: Yeah, right.
1: She was my woman. And as she
4: deceived me, I watched and went out of my mind. My, my, my,
0: Julilah. You're killing me. Do you have another one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh put a spell. Okay, no wait. Me. <laughs> what made <laughs> you
1: decide to do Tom Jones?
4: Uh, he's one of my favorite singers of all time. I've seen him I think four times live now. And wow. yeah, he's uh, he's got a voice like no other. And uh, uh, yeah, i I I just I can't express how much I, I love
1: Tom Jones. <laughs> I love how ungoth that choice is of
4: <laughs> Yeah. Well he's pretty goth. He's got some pretty goth songs. Uh Delilah's all about murder you know he has daughter of darkness which is all basically uh i don't about an evil woman i mean yeah, he's got some i who have nothing is which is like one of the darkest songs i've ever heard so
0: none of the judges threw their panties at you i take it it was more more kind of like exaggerated expressions of huh No, it was
4: it was all pretty humorous to me i mean I, i got basically the reaction i expected i had planned on doing uh, Crying by Roar Orbison, but I was afraid if I showed them I actually had, like, a three-octave vocal range that they might actually want me to stay. And I didn't want to (laughs) stay. I just wanted to be (laughs) on it and then go. I didn't have any interest in, like, you know, because they make those contestants do humiliating things, like sing coke jingles and just all sorts of things that I was not, not uh, going to do. So
0: I liked your second song choice, though. You get to show a little more of your vocal range with that one. I can't stand. No, put me down. i put a spell on you. Cause you're mine.
4: No, do no, I hear no, barking?
0: No, no. Who just right, Yeah. You,
4: yeah. Randy, I think, was
0: barking. <laughs> oh, OK. I thought That's it was a so really
1: com- good impression of a dog. It was.
0: It sounded like a real dog. <laughs> so then you have to face the judgment. And what are you expecting to hear from from these folks?
4: Pretty much exactly what I got <laughs> from them.
2: Um, he I mean, loves
1: you, though, I think. He
4: had some nice things to say or accurate things surprising. to say, I say.
2: The reason you don't belong here is not because you're not peculiar. And peculiar, by the way, is a good way to make a living. I'm peculiar, OK? But the rest of the people come here
3: and they belt it out. They really sing and have range. That's not what you've got. But you do have something they don't, which is personality. But I'm going to say no.
4: The look I give Gene Simmons when he says, I'm peculiar. And my immediate thought was like, you are a salesman, dude. You are the least <laughs> peculiar thing in the music industry. You know, you, you yeah. act at being, you You try to be peculiar, but it's like it's it's just become a joke. at this. I mean, it was a joke in the 70s when they did Phantom, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, right. which when I mentioned that to him, I told him like, you know, uh, uh, Rock and Roll Over was like one of the first albums I had. And then I said, and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park is one of my favorite movies. And he just mean mugged me. He didn't respond at all. So,
1: Tell us about what you're doing now because I came across something really interesting that you are up to lately. And it has to do with some covers that you're working on.
4: <laughs> yeah, me and... uh the two guys from zombie steve and tony uh they they just decided to start sending over cover ideas and we're like do you want to sing on this and i was like absolutely they added uh brian's the bass player from the sword and uh one of the guys the drummer from zao and the guitarist from trans am and we just started doing these cover songs and it's been a total treat and a big workout for my uh Vocal (laughs) abilities.
1: Tell us about more of these covers, like specifically some of the covers that you've done are so incredibly uh, outside of the box of what you would expect from these bands.
4: Right. And uh, I mean, these are all songs that I listen to pretty regularly. Some of them, for sure, especially like the Lou Rawls uh, song we did. You'll never find another love like mine. Like that song. I've sang that song in my car a million times. So to actually be able to do it like for real was Pretty, pretty bucket list worthy for 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 me. And didn't and you do
1: Captain of Her Heart?
4: Yeah, by double. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a classy, classy uh sophista pop song for sure.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. Oh uh, no,
4: thanks for having me. And I grew up watching night flights, uh, you know, coming down off of stuff in the in the <laughs> 80s and 90s. And it was I loved it when they would show Kung Fu Theater. And uh, it was just like, (laughs) oh, this is perfect. I can just lay here and be a zombie for hours and watch this. (laughs) They said I belong in a cabaret, a very small, dark cabaret. And they said something about I should wear panties and red lipstick.
1: (laughs) I think they've seen my act. (laughs) So Darren was talking about Night Flight. And this has sort of become an unofficial goth episode.
0: It has, yeah. (laughs) Somehow against our will, it's just gotten really gothy, hasn't it? (laughs)
1: How did that happen? <laughs> what we have is complete access to the Night Flight Plus library. So we can just basically rake our bony fingers across everything that we can in the archives and find lots of little treasures. For instance, this goth classic mirror mirror. What's all that
0: breath? I can control it now. Control. Stop it. Or I can start it.
2: Mirror, mirror.
1: Starring Rainbow Harvest and Karen Black.
0: And Karen Black's wig, uh, who is really the third star of the movie. That blonde wig. Is uh, remark Actually, all the hair in this movie, um, and,
1: and the guy from Newhart, his hair.
0: Yes, um, he's got a name? long ponytail. Uh, William <laughs> Sanderson, who was yes. also a Deadwood, uh, but was Larry from Newhart and uh, Ned Ryerson. Stephen Tobolowski's in it. This is a classic that I had somehow never seen, uh, but it's about a demon possessed mirror that gives its owners uh, magical powers, and this young girl who's basically a ripoff of Lydia from Beetlejuice.
1: It is her styling is very much Lydian.
0: Yes, it is. And and like, I think that's why you get sort of um, weird touches, like a, a black hat that's just kind of the outline of a hat. Do you remember that?
1: <laughs> we need to do a, a Rainbow Harvest fashion show at some point, but yes. Also, if you've seen Rainbow Harvest, um, and I don't just mean if you happen to have seen her in a film, I mean, like, if you happen to know the whereabouts of Rainbow Harvest, please dial the number 1-900-RAINBOW. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was amazed at the scene where um, the lead, played by Rainbow Harvest, is, uh, I think it's a sex scene with the mirror. Is that how you describe it? That is
1: uh, also in the trailer, and I think that's what pulled a lot of people in. It's really good.
0: Yeah, she's uh, she's making out with a bleeding mirror. I had, a, actually, my 2007 Prius has a um, demon-possessed view mirror, and uh, it works great. But it's, you know, it does bleed occasionally. They just came standard with the 2007 Prius. So nothing I could do about it. We mentioned a lot of the cast, but there are other surprising people uh, in this. I know you pointed out the girl from Janie's Got a Gun is in this.
1: It's such a shame this girl was never given a name.
0: (laughs) She's just the girl from (laughs) Janie's Got a Gun. Janie's
1: Got a Gun video.
0: Yeah. Well, she had Rainbow Harvest. I guess their flame burned brightly and was out too soon but you can watch
2: where are you you can
0: watch them both in mirror mirror i want to point out this is not the 2012 snow white adaptation with uh (laughs) nathan lane and julia roberts this is
1: oh we are gonna get
0: sued i know this is a different mirror mirror and i'm just gonna say a better one right now a night flight plus Speaking of goths, we're joined by the artist behind "Let's Draw Goss, the YouTube page and a coloring book. It's Ben Walker's story. Tell us about "Let's Draw Goths." How did you start drawing goths?
2: Okay, it's a story, but here we go. Uh, there was this pandemic, and uh, I heard <laughs> and of that. Perhaps, perhaps you've heard of it. And uh, like a lot of us, I had to sort of pivot because the things that I've been doing uh, for income just suddenly, you know, dried it up. There's no client work. So I was like, I'm just going to do what I want for fun for a little while. And so I started just drawing people out of yearbooks, which I love to do. And I have a bunch of like, of course my own yearbooks. And then I collect them at the antique stores whenever I find one it's from the sixties, fifties, seventies, whatever I can find. And then I started seeking out, like, the oddballs and, you know, started thinking about, like, this rock and roll high school that would be populated by, like, rockers and nerd, like, hyper nerds and, and the, of course, the goths and the punks and all of it. And then it just, I don't know, I just, like, was, like, I just want to draw the goths now. <laughs> I ran out of yearbook photos, so I start, started finding uh, YouTube videos from, like, the dance clubs Oh, nice, yes. You know, where yes. they would just like set up a camera and tape people dancing, so I would just drive those people. I love real people. Having to drive down High Street about 7.30 this evening, you might've seen some people unlike most you normally see on Columbus streets. But for those people, this is a special night, and Tom Berman is standing by live at a concert by the Cocteau twins. Tom? Cocteau fans started lining
3: up before the doors opened to get the best seat, some coming from hundreds of miles away to get the
0: rare chance to see this group. And if this is a special occasion, people dress the part. For the punk set, these clothes and these hairstyles are the equivalent
3: of white tux and tails. And they say people very often get the wrong impression about what kind of people they are because of their looks.
2: People that are close-minded are the people that feel that are, are the ones that make the uh, the comments.
4: I think the generalization is people think we're nothing but pieces of trash, and that's that's. Quote-unquote, punk and trash.
0: I mean, I've been in my eight hours. As I was driving from Michigan, which is where I live, uh, a state patrolman stopped us because he got a good view of my hair. And I paid for this hairstyle with a $75 ticket.
2: I'm a genetics major and everything, you know, so I'm not just a mean person or anything. Actually, pretty easygoing. They say they try to look this way because
3: it's fun and different. Many say they look normal during the day, and it only takes 10
0: minutes to change it all around. And they say anyone could do it. I could do it to your hair, too. In fact, I'd love to. (laughs) Well, I decided to leave my hair as it is, but I did get this tied to try and fit in here. Quite an exciting night, Lou.
2: Okay, Tom Berman, thank you.
0: What is the secret to drawing goths? Black. Okay.
2: You want to have black ink and then more black ink. No, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, like I said, I love real people. Um, and I love the ones who have decided to be themselves as strange as that's going to be. You know what I mean? And just not care what people say or think or the looks they get. I just think that's so much braver. So... I would generally like seek out photos, mostly from like back in the day. You know, if it's like the traditional goths from my era, that's what I would kind of gravitate towards. The people who loved, you know, had the Cure hair, the you know Robert Smith hair, and big trench coats and whatever.
1: So this coloring book is going to be okay. available in the Night Flight shop. Yes. Yes,
0: Ben. Thanks for teaching us how to draw goths. hmm Thanks for having me.
1: So thank you, everyone, for coming to our slumber party.
0: And live, laugh, love, everybody. So true. The Night Flight Slumber Party is hosted by me, Nick Pruer, and Night Flight Media Producer, Kara Jean. It's executive produced by Stuart S. Shapiro and produced by Kara Jean and Thomas Malarney. The podcast is edited by me with audio mastering by Bailey Math. Original music by Kara Jean. Thanks for listening.